Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hello there. I'm Nick, your host. This is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the program. Hello, friends, family. Welcome to the show. It's been so long. Seven days. Oh, what have you done without me? Oh, I'm sure you've done a lot. Did you all enjoy the 4th Canada Day? I, I, for my listeners up in, in Canada, you know, Canada Day was last week. We celebrated the 4th of July here in America on Sunday. It's been a, just a great, lovely weekend. I hope you all enjoyed it. Did you guys get to see any movies? I got to see a couple movies that were all over the place. But it's been fun. It was a fun weekend. That's, that's, I don't know where else I'm going with that other than I, <laughs> I had fun. Hey, how you guys doing though, right? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Welcome in. Hope you guys are here and enjoy what we got on on uh, on tape for you today. Technically, we're taping, if we want to use uh, old school terminology. Not really taping anything. There's no tape anymore. But you know, you can like or subscribe or things like that. Hey, uh, while I got you. Before we get in to, to the thick of it, I do want to talk about something going on on Friday night. If you live in the North County San Diego area, um, I am, am partnering with the 101 Esports League. Uh, the, it's a new startup esports league in, in Oceanside, California. And I am going to be uh, hosting, shoutcasting, however you want to call it, uh, their inaugural Super Smash Brothers ultimate tournament this friday evening and uh there is um i don't know if it's open for like people to watch it might be it if you go to their website or their instagram at the 101 league uh you guys can see more of course and um i'm, I'm stoked to 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 be a part of it uh, it was started by a friend of mine and uh it's it's essentially to bring you know esports to the san diego area and I, I cannot wait uh, to be involved with it. And uh, it's a Super Smash Bros. It's going to be every Friday night in July. And like I said, I, I can't wait to partake. Uh, it starts at 6 p.m. I think it runs um, till 9 or 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll be hosting the show. And uh, it's going to be real fun. Support video game players and video games and, and esports and uh, like I said, it's it's going to be called the esports, uh, the one on one esports league. Uh, so let's 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 enjoy some of the gamers um, as they they play and, and try to win and uh, compete in this Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament. And uh, it is a tournament series uh, going over uh, going through the month. So. Can't wait to see how this all goes, and uh, like I said, I'll be hosting, shoutcasting, and uh, that way we're going to have a, a whole lot of fun in our summer of Smash, and uh, hope, hopefully you guys can make it if you can. Uh, if you can't, I'll of course be posting about it on the page's Instagram and uh, everything like that. Um, but with that out of the way, let's let's get into what you guys are all here for. And that's to hear me ramble on. Alright, where were we? I've uh, been distracted by too many things. And what's today? Today is July 7th. And it is a Wednesday. What's going on? Huh? A lot of weird things going on. Is it? Is it not? You be the judge. Not really what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, did you guys know Facebook gaming is a thing? Did you know that they have cloud games that you can stream that are pretty much just mobile games? Well, it's available in most of the U.S. if you didn't know. And now it's coming to other territories like Mexico and Canada. But yeah, 
Facebook gaming, cloud gaming is a thing, and it's growing. And why? 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 Why is all I ask myself. Anyway, Dan Hauser. That name might seem founds. That name might sound found familiar. That name might sound familiar to you. He is one half of the duo of brothers that founded Rockstar Games. Well, um, he also co-wrote Grand Theft Auto a few years ago uh, in a big public showing. Uh, he left Take-Two and Rockstar and the company he founded and went on to live his life. Well, now uh, it's being reported that he might have started a new studio. This is something we should keep our eye on because Dan Hauser is damn near a practical genius in the video game space. Like, he is almost Kojima level of talent, right? When you think echelon of, of creators, you know, you got Miyamoto, you got, uh, 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 I just said his damn name, Kojima, right? Because you can put the Housers up there. You can put uh, uh, John Carmack up there, John Romero up there. You know, Pete Hines, Todd Howard. These people are, are like geniuses, right? Uh, uh, Casey Hudson over from Bioware, man. Like, these people, when they do something, you look, you watch. It's important. Because you don't, you don't get a lot from the greats, right? They're always working on something. It might take a while, but, but it will come. But Dan Hauser has started a new video game studio as the creative director. So, keep an eye out on that. Um, also... Not sure if you're aware, but a lot of change has been going on in regards to college football here in America. And of course, most famously, EA Sports stopped making NCAA football uh, after they pretty much got in trouble for not paying college athletes for their likenesses. Well, uh, a lot of states have started to, to rectify that situation. And in light of that, the NCAA recently decided to allow athletes, uh, college athletes, to make money off their likeness, to go get endorsement deals, um, to... to essentially be paid for their skills um, without colleges paying them. And uh, this is also due to a Supreme Court ruling. And now, you know, Electronic Arts, EA Sports, has announced that they are watching everything going on. And now that NCAA football is coming back, there is a very real possibility that... Actual college players could have their likeness appear in NCAA football, of course, if they're compensated. Um, but but this opens the door to a realm of possibilities, and we could go back to real, you know, NCAA football. And remember, before we never really had them outright; we just had players that were pretty much based on them without really being them. Uh, so this this opens uh, the possibility for the new iteration of NCAA football, whether it be next year or the year after, to be really fucking big. And to, to make a big fucking splash when it comes back. And then, uh, sticking with EA for a bit, where this time we're, we're going over to Bioware, Star Wars The Old Republic, SWOTOR, is 10 years old this year. That's wild, man. For a game that I revisit every once in a while. And with that, though, a new expansion has been announced. It's called Star Wars The Old Republic Legacy of the Sith. And it will be launching later this year. It will add a new chapter to the story. Uh, it will have quality of life improvements. And it's, uh, it's also being designed as a welcoming point for new players. So... This time you will seek, uh, you will uh, work together to hunt down Darth Ma Malagus. And oh shit, he's like the main antagonist. Um, and uh, there's going to be adding new planets, including Manon, which was in the first Knights of the Old Republic game, uh, a new, uh, new world called Elam, uh, new operations, and uh, a new deep space research research station uh there was also going to be new enhancements like new combat styles um new co quality of life upgrades like i said 
uh, more customization options. Um, so level cap is now going up to 80. Obviously, that's going to be for paid players. Um, and they want it to be like a jumping in point. So... They're going to have the 10-year celebrations going beyond 2021. Um, more updates and events will come in uh, throughout the year to tie in. And it should be launching, the main expansion should be launching this holiday season um, with the launch of Legacy of the Sith. Uh, it's nice to see Manon return. I wonder if they're going to have the Selkath back as well. Hey, look at that. Look at me pulling into my my deep Star Wars knowledge pockets of the old expanded universe. Take that, Disney canon, which is okay. Don't, don't kill me for saying that. Anyway, do you guys know that uh, for as long as Pokemon's been around, it doesn't really have a theme park equivalent or a theme park attraction well that's all about to change in japan and uh as most of you probably know pokemon was of course based off of bug collecting uh, a, a pastime for children in japan in the past apparently and uh so we found out per kotaku a new theme park is opening up in japan called pokemon wonder it is a 40,008 square foot forest theme park uh, and it, it's meant to enjoy both nature and Pokemon together. Uh, so it won't have rides, it won't have mascots. Um, it, it is going to take place in a forest, like I said. Uh, you'll be able to in explore the forest. You can look for handcrafted Pokemon made from uh, items like leaves, acorns. Uh, I saw a picture of like a, a Metapod and a Rowlet. Um, and they're, they're made of natural elements, essentially. Um, and, and you kind of have to, like, search for them in, in the trees, in the plants. And where is this? Uh, it is behind Yomuriland, uh, which happens to be Tokyo's largest amusement park. And uh, it's a nature adventure, and it's only going to be open for a limited time. So it will open... This July, July 17th, and it will be open until April 3rd of 2022. So it's only going to be open for uh, just about under a year. Um, so if you're going to Japan in the next, you know, few months it's in, and you're a big Pokemon fan, that's definitely something that you'll, you'll want to look into uh, as it, it opens the realm of experiencing Pokemon in reality. Um, switching gears to more mature content... NetherRealm, makers of Mortal Kombat and Injustice, have announced that they have ceased production and will no longer be supporting future DLC content for Mortal Kombat 11 as they now shift focus on their next project. Now, it could be anyone's guess. Uh, you know, you have a 50-50 chance of it being Injustice 3 or Mortal Kombat 12. And uh, while I know I did split that 50-50, we could be wild and say maybe they're making a new fighting game that isn't in either of their established franchises. Now remember, NetherRealm is part of Warner Brothers. So, I don't think we're going to get a Lord of the Rings fighting game. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. That's definitely not a thing that's happening. Uh, I don't see a Harry Potter fighting game coming. Uh, if, if anything, my money is just on Injustice 3. It's, it's, it, it makes the most logical sense. I don't see them making a new IP fighting game. That's a very hard thing to launch, uh, even with their pedigree. I don't see them doing like a mashup type thing either. That's not really their jam. That's not really... I don't know. Maybe they'll make a new DC verse versus Mortal Kombat. I doubt it, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening either. Anyway, they're moving on to something new. Like I said, uh, more than likely, it's it's going to be Injustice 3. Like, we're not kidding ourselves here. But, moving forward here. So, The Coalition. You heard of them? Probably not. Probably you have. They are the studio responsible for making Gears of War after Microsoft essentially purchased the franchise from Epic and took over. They have announced that they will be doing a... Unreal 5 engine 
Unreal Engine 5, excuse me, technical demo at the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, later this month. And uh, they're going to be doing like a, essentially a panel. And they are going to show off what they can do with X, uh, on Xbox Series X with Unreal Engine 5. Um, as they said that the next Gears project, whatever it might be, will be done in Unreal Engine 5. Um, so essentially they're going to be showing off what they're going to be doing with that engine at the Coalition and how they're going to be using it. Um, and essentially what will happen uh, in the future for all the projects they're working on. Um, so look forward to that as uh, GDC... Let me see... I don't have a date exactly, but yeah, later this month, uh, July 20th, um, part of Game Developers Conference, and uh, remember, technically Unreal Engine 4 is like free to use, um, you just have to pay them like a portion of, of profits eventually if, if you go like full on with it, um, or there's like a revenue sharing, or it's just free if you don't go commercial with your product that you use. Um, and then Unreal Engine 5 is expected to be released in full early next year, so keep your eye out uh, for that. Um, speaking of, of things in the future, were you expecting Grand Theft Auto 6 in the next year or so? Well, I got some bad news for you. Uh, it is being heavily reported right now that Grand Theft Auto 6 is not expected to drop until at least 2024 at the earliest. Um, it is going back to Vice City, uh, per reports. We don't know the exact time frame. It looks like it might be modern day Vice City, though, which, eh, I don't know about that. Um, it, it is expected to be a large map, an evolving map at that, and, and include elements that have now grown out of, uh, uh Grand Theft Auto Online. Um, no other word yet, or any official word, other than, uh, it's being heavily reported, especially by Jason Schreier of, of Bloomberg, that Grand Theft Auto 6 is not expected to release any time before 2024. So it's uh, at least another three to four years before this game drops. Which is wild, because it, then it will have been uh, 11 years since, since GTA 5. At least 11 years between GTA 5 and GTA 6. That's crazy, because we used to get them every couple of years, and now it's 11 years. It's almost like the dip, the gap between Red Dead and Red Dead 2. Um, wild, man. That's fucking wild. Today, a new game based on the RoboCop franchise was announced. Uh, it is going to be made by... Uh, in, in cooperation with MGM, so it is going to be based on the original three movies... Which kind of sucks, because 3 is garbage and 2 is just okay. Um, they teased... It, it's going to be a first-person shooter set in Detroit. Um, hold on, I'm looking for... I'm looking for who's starring in it. Or who's making it, sorry. Not starring, we don't know who's starring. So it's coming to consoles and PC in 2023. Uh, it's being made by Taeon, who also made Terminator Resistance. Uh, and then Nacon is publishing it. Uh, they, they are working with MGM. You will be taking the role of, of Alex Murphy, Robocop himself. Um, they honestly should get um, Peter Weller to voice the character, because that, that would make the most sense. Um, but anyway, consoles PC 2023, the next version of Robocop in gaming. What threw me off was, like, the ad didn't even, like, use the RoboCop theme song. It's like, if you're going to base it off the movies, it used, at least use the theme song from the dang movies. Shit. Dun, 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 dun. But uh, moving on, moving on. Hey, how about this? Codemasters, right? Makers of great racing games throughout gaming history. Uh, EA recently purchased them. And what is now a strange move, despite them claiming that it's been in the, the works the whole time, pretty much the entire leadership team of Codemasters has departed the studio four months after the acquisition. Um, the CEO, the CFO are both leaving. Um, per GamesIndustry.biz, EA told them, quote, it was always been part of the plan, unquote. I guess they were planning to leave before the acquisition as well, but that's uh, 
Very interesting, for sure. I hope this isn't part of, like, EA just being EA. And hopefully this doesn't affect Codemaster's output for the future. Because uh, I think they're going to be taking over... Um, they're going to be taking over the Need for Speed franchise, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm trying to think what else they've they've done uh, that people love. Uh, the Dirt series, I'm pretty sure, is there. You know, Rally. Uh, yeah, Dirt. They do the F1 games. Um, they do um, Onrush. They've done Dirt Rally. They've done pretty much all the F1 games. And... Uh, Pretty much any, like, racing game you can think of, they've pretty much done... Oh, and some shooters, which is <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, Codemasters, of course, is known for all of their racing games. Oh, they did Grid, too. Okay. Dirty Dancing, the video game. What the fuck? Some crazy-ass games coming out of Codemasters, but... Of course, it's been, it's been all video games... It's all been all all uh, all racing the last few years, but uh, yeah, Codemasters part of EA uh, leadership leaves, and uh, Bungie has been teasing a new uh, Destiny Two showcase for August twenty fourth. No word yet on if that is going to be a DLC announcement, um, some kind of other announcement. I I, I just. I wonder what it could be. And a lot of people are hoping it's not just an event, but but something real. Um, and uh, we'll see come next month. And before we get to our final bit of gaming news, I do want to talk about uh, some news in regards to Assassin's Creed. Um, Ubisoft, after some rumors and speculation, has officially announced Assassin's Creed Infinity... Uh, it is in active development. It's being made by, made by both Ubisoft Quebec and Ubisoft Montreal. And it's, quote, an important upcoming early in-development project codenamed Assassin's Creed Infinity, unquote. Um, no other word, though. But per Bloomberg, it says, quote, new cross-studio collaborative structure... Uh, unquote, and that uh, they also said, quote, rather than continuing to, to pass the baton from game to game, we profoundly believe that this is an opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner that's less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership, no matter where they are within Ubisoft, unquote. Now, per Bloomberg's sources, though, again, Jason Schreier, this game apparently is going to look and feel different, but will be connected. Because um, there's, but there will be different worlds, and it's going to be like a, a live service game. And I, I don't know how I feel about that, man. Um, it will have multiple historical settings. It will evolve over time, um, akin to Fortnite and Grand Theft Auto Online. That scares me. Um, I don't know, man. I don't like that. I do not like that. Just, if anything, go back to its roots. Either continue the awesome RPG stuff that they've been doing, or go back to its roots. I don't want every game becoming a live service type game. Right? Like, I get what Halo's doing. I do. I don't 100% agree with it. But as long as the multiplayer's good, as long as they keep building on that story, then I'm, I'm fine. Right? To a degree. I don't like it being this weird open thing, open-ended thing. It's it's strange. Um, not every game can do that. And my only issue, like I haven't played Grand Theft Auto Online since it launched. So when you're going to be basing something off of that, where like it, it's hard to get me to buy into a thing where I keep playing stories with a character I don't really have an attachment to. Right, and I get people have attachments to their Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Online characters. I'm not discrediting that at all. I'm just saying it's like, you know, you I would would have rather taken single player DLC because that to me you you it continues that amazing story they set. There there isn't really a story in Grand Theft Auto Online to begin with, and I know people have done their own things. I know there's sto a story through now, a through story now. It's just. When you take games that have been established 
single-player games with a main character, right, you expect them to stick to that model. And sometimes when they veer too far off course, it fucks everything up. And that's my fear. Like, Assassin's Creed, I don't know if it would benefit from that or not. And, again, this is all speculation. I just, when I hear something like that, and when it is confirmed, I, I grow a tiny bit concerned. I really do. And I hope the franchise goes in the right direction. That's all I really care about, because it is one of my favorite gaming franchises. So, we'll see how things turn out in the next year or so, as we get closer to a potential release. And final bit of gaming news is, well... Nintendo finally did it. They announced their new Switch. But it's not what you think it is. It is the Switch OLED model. Uh, it will release October 8th. It will cost $349.99. And it will have the same Joy-Cons. It is essentially the same size as your current Switch. But it actually has a larger 7-inch OLED screen. Um, there are some other quality of life changes. It has a larger um, kickstand, essentially. So it's it's the entire length of the Switch. So it's essentially, it's almost like a Surface kickstand. Uh, if, if, if you know what I'm talking about. Like on a Microsoft Surface, where it's the, like the whole back flips out. Um, over that little rinky-dink thing that's on it now. Uh, it does come with a uh, better audio and a larger storage space of 64 gigs, which in the grand scheme of things is really fucking small still. Um, and it does have a wired LAN port in the back of the dock. So that's that's nice. Uh, pretty much everything is the same. Like I said, the uh, Joy-Cons are the same. Uh, you can pre-order it now. Uh, like I, I said, it does release on October 8th this year. Um, good, good luck getting your hand on this one as well. Now, this, I think, is more for people who don't have a Switch already, which is a very small amount of people. Um, the only thing... It sucks that it doesn't have 1080p. It sucks that it doesn't have 4K. But this is essentially... Um, and there's no more... There's no in, in uh, upgraded RAM. There's no new CPU or anything like that. Um... And it comes with a new white version, with a new white dock. Um, but but again, this is this is more for people who play it in handheld mode if they're going to upgrade. I don't really play my Switch in handheld mode that much, so again, this isn't this isn't something that I I would be into. Um, again, this is for people who don't have one already. This is for people who potentially want to upgrade who to who do handheld a lot. Um, the new dock also has a round has rounded edges, and you can actually get the new dock if you want. Um, it will. Uh, you can purchase it directly from Nintendo. You won't be able to purchase it from big box stores or anything like that. Um, but this new dock, it will not. It won't have a cable. It won't have an AC adapter or anything. Um, but it's the new white or black dock. It has rounded edges and it has that wired LAN port. Um, and you'll be able to buy that for sixty bucks on uh, when that is becomes available. Um, so that that's a thing. Is there no land port on there? I guess not. I thought there was. Um, but yeah, the new Switch OLED, as it's being called, and that will release October eighth for three hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, like I said, not really for people who already have a Switch. Um, more geared. Or not uh, more geared for people who play in handheld and want to upgrade, or people who don't already have a Switch uh, with that larger OLED screen, which again will offer better clarity than the current um, LED screen that is on there. Um, not what people were hoping for, not the 4K version, um, which I get it. Not many people are playing 4K games on the Switch, but who wouldn't want Breath of the Wild or Metroid in 4K? Uh, or even Pokemon Arceus, or Legends Arceus, excuse me. But um, that's it for gaming today. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, very interesting stories for sure. And uh, let's uh, talk about TV there for a second. Um, and uh, so The Last of Us has now been confirmed to have 10 episodes on HBO when it drops 
next year, I think, because they've already started filming, if I'm not mistaken. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Lego has officially announced its new Seinfeld Lego idea set uh, in similar vein of the Friends Central Perk set. This is actually going to be Jerry's apartment. Um, it will release, uh, I think it releases later this month for Lego VIPs. Um, and then it will release on August 1st for everybody else. Um, and it comes with uh, several minifigures. Hold on, I'm pulling up all the deets for you right now. Um, including Jerry, Kramer, George, Elaine, and Newman, of all things, <laughs> of all characters. Uh, so it comes with Jerry's apartment, includes a like little separate like uh, stand-up stage as well. Um, it will have um, a lot of things from the show's history. Uh, there's going to be Superman, a fishing pole, marble rye, Elaine's goldfish, Kramer's coffee table, book of coffee tables. <laughs> um, uh, so just starting July 21st, Lego VIPs can pick it up. And then uh, everyone else will be able to pick it up on August 1st for $80. Uh, and it has 1,326 pieces. And uh, it even has like cameras and stuff, like stage lights over the apartment, which is awesome, hinting at its, you know... The idea that it is a stage. Um, and essentially it's the anniversary of when the show first premiered, which was July 5th, 1989. And let me see. August 1st, 80 bucks, Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. I cannot wait to get this set. I love Seinfeld. And I am just ecstatic for this to be a reality. I, I am just... Oh, so happy. Oh, it's even got his, like, old Apple II. Ooh, is it the bike that's in there? Ooh, this is awesome. This is so awesome, dude. It just doesn't have his bedroom, which I get. Um, makes sense, because you never really see his bedroom on the show anyway. So, essentially, it's just how you would have seen it on the show. Um, and Newman. Of all characters, they, they put Newman. That's cool. But it will release in just a few short weeks. And, oh, the bike is there. Oh, my God. This is great. This is so great. They even have a pretzel. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Whew. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. And uh, August 1st. Um, also, this past weekend, uh, Lucasfilm showed off Star Wars Visions for the first time. This is going to be um, essentially like a mini series of little anime shorts. Uh, it releases on September 22nd on Disney Plus, and it will be uh, anthology series and having an different anime creators bring their their uh, their vision essentially to Star Wars and how they would have done a, a Star Wars episode or something like that with with anime. Um, it looks really cool. The trailer's online now. And uh, that will drop, like I said, September 22nd on Disney Plus later this year. And some, there's some stuff that looks really cool. Like there's a anime Boba Fett and some anime Jedi and stuff. It, it, and it looks like it's going to be a, a cross. Um, it's going to be across a the, the, the saga. So it doesn't necessarily fit into one exact place and samurai with lightsabers i'm i'm all in dude i am all in on that can't wait to see that um and then noah holly has confirmed that his alien tv show will not be focused on ripley but will tell a more earthbound story but then why is it alien anyway let's talk about the shows uh bad batch was on and Again, the galaxy feels small, um, but it, it tells a, a, a smart story in terms of, of how a post-world, post-war galaxy might be. Uh, this is like, this episode should have been a little sooner if you ask me, um, but it shows the Bad Batch going to aid a former separatist senator, of all things. And of course they're distrustful, of course they're, they're wondering why they're helping and if this is a trap on them. Um, but it makes sense, right? It's like the separatists, while they didn't enjoy being under the rule of, of the Republic towards the end, they 
definitely would not be okay with being under Imperial rule either. So it's definitely something that makes sense. Uh, Star Trek alum is in it. Uh, Alexander Siddig plays this, this, the senator. Um, and it's a great tie back to, to, to tie the two series together and also uh, shed light on, on what the rebellion might become or what, it, what the galaxy is reeling with, you know, months after a galaxy-spanning war uh, just ended and things kind of just changed overnight. But that was a that was a good good episode. Uh, Rick and Morty on Sunday night was also very good. Very, very interesting to see Rick and Summer have an episode and Morty kind of do his own thing with a homicidal um, Captain Planet ripoff after Morty kind of went homicidal himself. Um, but what's interesting to see is you can finally see that Summer, of all people, is more like Rick than anyone. Not not Morty. It, it's Summer. Summer is the one who is most like Rick in the grand scheme of things. And that, that thematically makes more sense. And it's interesting seeing those two characters play off each other. And, and also watching Rick deal with like his demons and depression um, as Summer is just kind of going with the flow in, in terms of everything. But I can't wait to see where they go, go with this and with this storyline and see how that plays out. And then I uh, want to talk about Loki. And I know there's a new episode today that we're going to talk about next week. And there's only two episodes left, technically, including today's. I want to talk about last week's, which is a very whoa episode. So Loki and Sylvia are rescued and promptly go through a what the fuck situation. Um,. And man, the TVA is some gnarly-ass punishments with those time loops. Having to go through the same shitty moment forever, essentially. That would suck. Uh, we finally got to see the timekeepers, though, who turn out to be, like, very man-behind-the-curtain, uh, Yellow Brick Road, uh, Wizard of Oz-type deal. So someone's pulling their strings, which has sent the internet ablaze with... This is definitely Kang the Conqueror hinting, hints. I don't know if that's going to be end up what it, what it is. And some people that uh, you'd think weren't going to get pruned, get pruned, as, as the TVA calls it. Um, but it also turns out that uh, maybe getting pruned doesn't mean what you think it means. Because that post-credits scene blows the door open on the multiverse. Right? We already know the multiverse exists because it's been hinted at. But now having the different variants proves that even more so. Right? As much as the TVA has been trying to avoid the multiverse, they failed miserably at it. But I can't wait to see how this affects Spider-Man and how this affects Multiverse of Madness and how this affects Quantumania. This blows the door open, folks. This blows the door wide fucking open. Uh, that's it for TV. Not a whole lot there. Like I said, we're going to transition to more fam- more TV, or more, can't talk today, more, more movies and video game content. Um, obviously, our main focus is gaming. Um, it's just that's there's more to go around. But let's, uh, let's switch over to movies here. And here's a story uh, that I did not want to pass up. And it involves James Cameron, and when he was writing or coming up with the characters for Terminator 2, and he essentially has has admitted, um, this is via The Ringer, that uh, he was high on ecstasy (laughs) when he came up with John Connor, right? Uh, For, like, the story in general. Um, he says it, he always said it was in a dream, uh, but apparently it was in a dream because he was high on X. Uh, he said, quote, I remember sitting there once high on ecstasy, writing notes for Terminator, and I was struck by Sting's song that I hope the Russians love their children too. And I thought, you know what? The idea of a nuclear war is just so antithetical to life itself. That's where this kid came from, unquote. Um... 
that's funny. That's actually really funny. I don't know how he come up with James Cameron or John Connor from a song about Russia and nuclear war, but hey, whatever works, man, right? Give us uh, one of the best franchises in history. In history. Uh, moving forward here, Nintendo has added the producer of the Despicable Me series to its board of directors in a hope to better make film uh, versions of its established IP, like the forthcoming Mario movie, which is coming from the team behind Despicable Me. Um, Zack Snyder has announced that his next film uh, will be called Rebel Moon, and it is his like adult version of Star Wars, and uh, Hollywood Reporter has, has uh, reported that Netflix will be the home of, of his uh, next project, and it is said to, quote, Rebel Moon will follow the residents of a peaceful colony at the edge of the galaxy as they struggle against armies sent by a tyrant named Balisarius. To combat the threat, the colony sends a young woman to gather warriors from neighboring planets to make a stand against the invading force, unquote. Um, he is going to direct the film and co-write it with uh, Shea Hatton, who wrote, co-wrote Army of the Dead with him, and 300. Uh, the 300 co-writer, excuse me, Kurt Johnstad will join him as well. Um, Zack Snyder is also producing, along with his wife Deborah, and um, it's essentially an homage to Akira Kurosawa films, which also influenced Star Wars and Star Wars. Um, so Zack Snyder's next film, Rebel Moon, coming to Netflix sometime in the future. Um, also, uh, it has been announced today that both Marvel Studios and DC Films will both be skipping Comic-Con at home later this month. Do not expect panels from either studio or any type of announcements or anything like that. Um, of course, DC will have its fandom again later this year, so I'm sure we'll get teasers and trailers and everything like that then. Um, and then R.I.P. to a legend, Richard Donner. The man behind the 1970 Superman films, the man behind Lethal Weapon, the man who produced the X-Men films, the man who taught Kevin Feige what how to, to work. Um, a shout out to a legend, man. Our, Richard Donner, one of the greatest men in Hollywood. He died at 91. 91 years old. It's crazy, man. That's crazy, yeah. So, like I said, uh, he also directed The Omen, a great one of the only horror movies that I like. Uh, Superman and Superman 2, The Goonies, all four lethal weapons. Um, he produced the Free Willy movies. He produced X-Men, uh, the original X-Men, I should say. Um, he did a lot of work on television. And um, while I know he was working on possibly a new version uh or a, a lethal weapon 5 unfortunately uh it never came out um his last movie that he directed was in 2006 with 16 blocks um and technically the last movie he produced was x-men origins wolverine so uh it's unfortunate that uh we lost such a great man uh, even though he hadn't been working for quite a while um but, uh, you know, it's funny, he's actually taught Jeff Johns, too. And, um, yeah, it would have been, um, it sucks without him, man. I, I, I don't think he would have directed Lethal Weapon 5, let's, let's be honest. Um, but, uh, would have been nice to, um, see him, or at least if he would have been able to see um, Lethal Weapon 5. And uh, unfortunately, we, he won't. Um, and hopefully that franchise is still alive, and I do hope Lethal Weapon 5 does does come out. Um, but we'll see. And I did watch a couple of movies this weekend. Um, of course, I did see Fast 9, so we're going to talk about that at the end of the show today. Uh, I watched Fear Street 94, 1994 on Netflix. Kind of not great. Started off strong, just kind of got really boring from there. Characters weren't interesting or anyone I really wanted to care about. 
hopefully the 1978 prequel uh, will be better because it takes place at like a summer camp, uh, typical horror movie style. Um, and I, I don't know. It was okay. Just not great. Um, that, yeah, it just was not good. Um, meanwhile, I watched America, the motion picture, Netflix's other new release this weekend. That movie was fucking awesome. And just like an alternate, not even based in reality version of America's founding, it's so over the top. It's from Christopher Lord and Phil Miller. Um, Channing Tatum stars as as, uh, as George Washington. Um, Killer Mike as uh, Hank. Uh, um, oh shoot! The um, the guy who does the um, the railroad the story. I can't even think of his name. Hank. It's Hank something. Um, wow, there goes... I, I can't even tell my American folklore anymore. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Olivia Munn plays a Chinese-American immigrant version of Thomas Edison. Uh, Jason Manzukas plays Sam Adams, of all people. Um, it, it, it's just... It, it's a great over-the-top movie. Um... Very Star Wars influenced as well. Um, John Henry, that's who it is. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Uh, there, Bobby Moynihan plays like a version of Paul Revere. It, it's just it it it's all over the damn place. I I will say that. Um, the main villain is uh, Benedict Arnold. So it, <laughs> like it, it's 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 a hilarious movie, um, and it's all over the damn place. There's even a transporter reference. It like might take place in modern day. It might not. I really can't tell. Um, just that it's a hilarious movie. It's super over the top, and it's just it's just fun. And if you're looking for something good to watch over Fourth of July weekend, um, that's it. It's a hard R though, so it is not for kids. Even though it is animated, it is not. For children in any way, shape, or form. Um, hell, even uh, uh, he has um, uh, uh, George Washington has fucking chainsaw, like wrist chainsaws. So essentially, that that's what's going on in that movie, and it's fucking great. But what you've all been waiting for that should have happened last week is my review of Fast 9. The movie, it was fun. It wasn't the best Fast and the Furious movie. Uh, Fast 5 is, is really the best for that, and, and 7 is close. Um, this was literally the most over-the-top of all of them. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Like, this was the most over-the-top. And these movies have been getting over-the-top for the last few movies, right? Um... But it was fun. It was fun to watch. You you don't you, you turn your brain off, right, when you go to watch Fast and the Furious. You go to have a fun time, watch some cars, watch some action, some girls dance around cars. Didn't even think that was still a thing. <laughs> um, you don't really go for the story, right? Because this one doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, with John Cena as uh, Dom and Mia's brother. Like, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's it's also, honestly... It's not taking itself seriously in any way, shape, or form anymore. And it knows it. It knows it's not taking itself seriously. And that just is what makes it better. And it, it, it even gets, like, super meta. Like, Roman, played by... Um, why can't I think of anyone's name today? Um, oh, shit. I'm failing you, fans, friends. Um, anyway, he, he goes to, like, to Tej, who's played by Ludacris, and, um, essentially, he's like, how come we don't die? How come we don't get hurt? Like, he's essentially calling it out, like, what's going on? We're, like, super protected. We're, like, super powered or something. And it makes, like, it, it it's so, Tyrese, that's who it was, Tyrese, who plays Roman. And, and 
he literally calls it out like, hey, some fishy's going on. And it makes fucking sense because a lot of weird, crazy shit happens and he calls it out and it, and it's hilarious for calling it out. Like it, it, it just makes sense. And it, that's why everything goes so over the top. There's literally even a point where he's getting shot at and he like checks himself. He's like, how the fuck did I just not get shot right now? Like this movie is, it's great. Cause it was, it was hilarious. It was, it was a good funny, even though the action was over the top, it was fun to watch. Like, I just love the Fast franchise, and I I don't care that it's, like, way over the top and way out there and nothing like the original film. But you know what? Who cares? Hell, this one even has flashbacks for the first time. And and it, it literally even doubles down on, like, the bullshit with with family. And the memes have been hilarious. I know you've seen them because they're fucking everywhere, and they're 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 perfect. They're damn near perfect. One of the best memes I've seen in a long time. It sucks that there isn't a whole lot of um, of Kurt Russell as Mister Nobody. Um, it kind of makes sense of of how I don't like the story about how Han is still alive. That that's fucking weird. Um, but it it like I said, it's over the top, and it it's it's just great, man. It's just fun. It's great and fun to watch. And it, if you like the fast movies, go watch it. Right? It's a whole lot better than Fast Eight, which really fucking sucked, if you ask me. Granted, that was the first one without Paul Walker. The movies are not the same without him. Don't get me wrong. Um, but. It, it's, it's, um, I, I don't know. They're still fun to watch and I really enjoyed it. Definitely like a seven out of 10. Um, not the best, um, not the best, not the worst, but not the middle of the road either. Um, fast five is still the best in my opinion. Um, but, but, uh, seven out of 10 fast nine, go see it. If you like them, go see it. If you just want to go to the movies and uh, we will definitely have a review of Black Widow uh, next week. Uh, that is it for me, guys. Uh, thank you again. Don't forget, if you're in the Oceanside area this weekend, come out Friday night to check out the uh, Summer of Smash, the, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament being hosted by the e uh, the 101 Esports League of Oceanside. I will be hosting and shoutcasting. Um, that takes place from 6 to, to 10, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Esports 101 League or at the 101 League on Instagram. And uh, you guys can catch me on Instagram at Nick's Nerd News or the Nick DeFalco. That is my personal Instagram if you guys want to take a follow. Don't forget to check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, you can listen on the go. Uh, at the website, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast pages. Um, also, while you're there, you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that. Or, like I said, just search Nick's Nerd News. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.